Welcome to Matthew's World of Wine and Drink, an educational podcast dedicated to teaching you all about the wines of the world, the different regions, the different grape varieties, the different styles of wine, and the history and culture of wine. In this episode, continuing our series on spirits, we're going to look at Irish whiskey, a style of whiskey which has seen its ups and downs over the centuries, but one which is currently definitely on the up, with more and more distilleries opening. History of Irish whiskey goes back to at least 1405, that is the first recorded instance of Irish whiskey, though no doubt it was made before then by monks. They brought in the distillation process for the production of perfume, and the whiskies made would have been arom- aromatized, so uh, distilled with herbs and spices as well, so quite different from the style of whiskey used produced today. The height of Irish whisky was the 19th century, when there were 30 distilleries across the country, but it was overtaken by Scottish whisky for reasons that we'll look at in this episode, and by the end of the 20th century there were just three distilleries in the country, so it really suffered a great decline in the 20th century. But the last 20 years have seen a lot of growth, and there are now 18 distilleries with many more in the pipeline, so it's a fast-growing market, especially for the exports. So let's look at the history of Irish whiskey. Back in the uh, 1500s and 1600s, the only people allowed to distill whiskey in Ireland were either peers, gentlemen, or freemen. And in 1608, a license was granted to one Sir Thomas Phillips in the town of Bushmills in County Antrim. And the Bushmills distillery is still an extremely important one in Northern Ireland although the distillery itself was built in the 1700s, but it does claim to be one of the oldest distilleries in the world. But although those licenses were granted to um, the well-to-do, much illegal distillation took place across Ireland, especially in the rural areas. The British only had control of Dublin and the surrounding area, hence the phrase beyond the pale. Anything beyond the town of pale, the British did not really have control of, and that's where a lot of the illegal distillation took place. And this became known as pasheen, which literally means made in a small pot. And this would be made from potatoes and would be quite potent, kind of like moonshine in the US. The late 1700s saw huge growth in Irish whiskey, but also a lot of taxation, which shaped the way the, the way the Irish whiskey industry developed. In 1759, a law was passed that the whiskey had to be made from either malt, grains, potatoes, or sugar. The tax also introduced at that time meant that many small distillery, distilleries simply didn't register, so the number of illegal distilleries increased, or they closed. In 1779, there were 1,228 distilleries across Ireland, and these are the ones that were registered. Uh, but there were many more that did not register. By 1821, there were 32 distilleries in Ireland, so the taxation really forced a lot of distilleries out of business or simply not to register. And many of these 32 registered distilleries were urban, and these are the legal large distilleries. The rural distilleries were illegal, and these were especially concentrated in Ulster, Donegal and Connacht, so the more remote areas of Ireland. In 1823, there was tax reform, duty was halved, and the tax only had to be paid when the whiskey was sold. Previous to that, it had to be paid on a month-by-month basis, even though the whiskey was being aged and not being sold. And this um, resulted in more investment in distilleries, and also more registration and more legal distilleries. So by 1835, there were 95 distilleries, and Irish whiskey was the most popular drink in the UK. And the style of Irish whiskey, which still 
exists today was a mix of malted and unmalted barley and that's because again of taxation in 1785 there was a tax levied on barley and although that tax was repealed um, the Irish continued to use a mixture of malted and unmalted barley four big distilleries established themselves as the kind of the power players in Irish whiskey they were known as the big four John Jameson William Jameson John Powers and George Rowe and John Jameson and John Powers still exist today but this height that Irish whisky had went into decline. In 1832, Aeneas Coffey, an Irishman, invented the coffee still, a type of continuous still still used today. And this was rejected by the Big Four because they believed it produced a spirit of inferior quality, and one indeed that they said could not be called whisky. In 1878, a good 50 years after the invention of the coffee still, they were say still saying it cannot be whisky. And in 1909, a royal commission finally decided that yes, spirit made using the coffee still could be called whiskey. But the Irish refused to use it. The Scottish, which was then a very small industry, took it up and that really boosted the Scottish industry so that by the 20th century it was the most sold whiskey in the world and that's because the coffee still is much more efficient and you can produce huge amounts of whiskey. And Scotland was also aided by the repeal of the Corn Laws in the UK which um, allowed cheaper corn to be imported from the US and so Scotland could make that cheaper style of whisky at um, high volume. And then in the 1900s um, Ireland suffered a series of uh, difficult circumstances the War of Independence, then the Civil War and then there was trade war between Ireland and the UK and the rest of the British Commonwealth which really hurt Irish exports. Uh, prohibition occurred in the 1920s and the US was Irish whiskey's second biggest market and unlike the Scottish they did not try to exploit any illegal smuggling. And then the Irish also introduced uh, protectionist laws which really hurt Irish exports as well and added to that mismanagement in distilleries and you have huge decline so that in 1900 12 million cases of Irish whiskey were produced by the 1970s that had fallen to four to five hundred thousand cases so a huge decline. Big decision in 1966 was for John Jameson, Powers and Cork Distilleries Co to come together to form Irish distillers so that all their products would be distilled in the new Middleton distillery in County Cork which is next door to the old Middleton distillery. And uh, that was pretty much all of the production of Irish whiskey in that one distillery by the Irish distillers. The other distillery existing in Ireland at that time was Old Bushmills Distillery and they joined forces with the Irish distillers in 1972. So everything was extremely concentrated but production was quite small. In 1987 a new distillery was established, Cooley Distillery, so there were a whole total of th three distilleries across Ireland. And that marked a turning point. And a year later, 1988, Penno Ricard took over Irish distillers and they brought um, investment but also their marketing expertise and since then the exports of Irish whiskey have increased exponentially with a 15 to 20 percent growth per annum over the last uh, 25 years which makes it the biggest growing uh, whiskey product in the world so things have been on the up for sure and this has seen more distilleries open. In 2007 Kilbegan which um, argues that it's the oldest distillery in the world reopened and by 2017, just last year, 18 distilleries were across Ireland with more planned to be opened. And production has increased hugely. In 2008, 4.4 million cases of Irish whiskey were produced. By 2016, there were 8.7 million cases. So in eight years, production has doubled. So lots of changes and all positive.
So let's look at the uh, different styles of Irish whiskey. So the distinctive feature of Irish whiskey is that it's triple distilled, different from Scottish whiskey, which is double distilled, and that produces a smoother, lighter, more neutral style and arguably easier drinking. It's generally unpeated, so you don't have that smoky, earthy element to Irish whiskey, and also the use of unmalted barley, which I mentioned during that history overview. So a mixture of malted and unmalted barley, producing a different style. There are four different whiskies produced in Ireland. There's single pot still whisky, and this is the historic style which was made in the 19th century, in which the producers were determined to cling to and reject the coffee still. And this will include unmalted grain. And there are two uh, brands which still um, are made using the sing single pot still, and that's Green Spot and Red Breast. There's also single malt whisky um, produced in Ireland, and this is quite rare because that is only malted barley, so no unmalted barley. And that's, uh, one example of that is Connemara peated malt. Grain whisky is produced, and this is lighter, more neutral, and you don't usually find this on its own. It's usually used for blended whisky, but a couple of examples of single grain whisky are Kilbegan and Teeling single grain. And then the vast majority of Irish whisky, as in Scotland, is blended, and some um, famous examples of Irish blended whisky are Blackbush, Bush Mills, Jameson, Kilbegan, Paddy, Powers, and Tullamore Dew. And these are widely available in the market. And then finally, let's look at the three distilleries, the three big distilleries which still dominate Irish whisky production. So Middleton, uh, owned by the Irish distillers, they have 20 different brands. And those include Jameson, Powers, Paddy, Middleton, Redbreast, and Greenspot. And they own four huge pot stills, a three-column still, and a two-column still. With the pot still, the first distillation um, gets the spirit up to between 22 and 50% ABV. So quite high levels of alcohol for a, a one-distillation pot still, and that's because they're so big. Then they have a second distillation, which is called the Faints. And this produces a spirit of between 50 to 78% ABV. And in this distillation, the heads and tails from the first distillation are redistilled. In the third distillation, which produces the final spirit, the heads and tails are redistilled with the faints again. And this produces a spirit with a light flavour, although there are different styles produced according to the different cuts. So you can make a lighter or heavier style according to when you cut the, uh, the final spirit. The column stills are used for grain whisky, with a higher percentage of corn used in those stills. And the three-column still that they own has a hydro-selector column, so that's the middle still, which produces a lighter, even more neutral style of spirit. And then the use of unmalted barley is important. It can be between anything of 20 to 60% of the mash bill, and this produces spicy, fruity, oily flavours. And certainly the styles of whisky made in the Middleton distillery will have that distinct fruitiness, quite tropical, but of a lighter style, so not as heavy or as um, full-bodied as um, Scottish whisky. In Bushmills in uh, Northern Ireland, they only use malted barley, and the product is distilled three times to 84% ABV, and the stills that they use have tall, slender necks to encourage reflux, and that will produce a delicate, fruity, floral style of spirit of whisky. And they use different types of barrels for ageing. They may use bourbon barrels, Tennessee barrels, and sometimes Oloroso barrels from sherry. 
And then the other big distillery, Cooley, which is now owned by Beam Suntory, so that was sold in 2011, and the family that's owned Cooley now make Teeling's whiskey, which is a, a good uh, whiskey which you can find on the market. And Cooley have two pot stills, and they only use double distillation, so a different style not the uh, triple distillation that the other two big distilleries use. And they also have one column still for grain whiskey. So that's Irish whiskey. Um, lots of ups and downs in its history. Some of it, some of those downs self-inflicted, others um, un unforced on them. Um, but 20th century really saw the big decline, but now we're definitely on the up with more distilleries making higher quality whiskey. And even those big brands which you find on the market are definitely determined to make higher quality whiskey than they used to and coming out with um, kind of smaller production, smaller production labels, um, which are always worth looking out for. So very um, innovative and forward thinking market right now. So thank you for listening. This is Matthew and this has been Matthew's World of Wine and Drink. <laughs>